Welcome to Affording College with Aaron Green, founder and president of College Liftoff. All right, thanks, Deep Throat Guy. So welcome to Affording College. I'm Aaron Green, host of Affording College and founder of College Liftoff. College Liftoff is a college planning firm I started to provide solutions for anybody and everybody that's going through college planning or has college planning needs. Our mission is to secure teens' brightest future and save them and their families thousands of dollars in the process. We work with teens throughout the entire college planning process, starting with personalized one-on-one career development work. From there, we find the best schools to match our students' chosen career paths and interests, then offer support throughout the entire admissions process. Next, we work with families' budgets to find the price that makes the most sense for their kids' education, all while ensuring it's the right fit. Today, we are Ohio's premier college planning firm. I'm happy to say that, and we're shooting for the world, by the way. And we strive to save time, stress, and money when it comes to your child's higher education. So that's a little background on myself and College Liftoff and why I do this podcast. I really want to offer families some solid advice when it comes to planning for college and higher education, because there's so much misinformation out there. The purpose of this podcast is to dispel the myths and misinformation and really help families. So today, we're going to talk about the Common App which is open. And I am sitting down with Alex, our director of marketing, and Paige Chapman-Leyland, our manager of client planning, but also our resident Common App expert. (laughs) Uh, So we thought we'd put together a podcast just to kind of talk about Common App uh, and what it is, because honestly, I still get parents that come up and ask me, what is this? (laughs) And and it's actually the most useful tool and really the only way that you really apply for college for the vast majority of students today. So we thought we'd kind of break it apart and talk about the ins and outs of it and what it is, what you're doing with it this year, because there's some changes to it this year, and just some pros and cons, some top tips, things like that, just to kind of get everybody started on the right foot with this whole application season, particular Common App thing. Yeah, it sounds intimidating, but I, it's not, right? Is it's that right? really <laughs> not. I mean... Think of it as like the easiest part of your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that sounds intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's a li- I mean, it is a little intimidating, not going to lie. But so much of the Common App is really like filling out, like if you were going to fill out for a sweepstakes, right, to win a new car, right? You're going to give a lot of demographic information. You're going to tell Common App who you are, and then you're going to tell them where you want to apply. Um, it's actually... I mean, again, kind of like, you know, you fill out box A and then it sends you to box B and then you fill out box B and it says if you answer one, go to this. And if you answer two, go to this. It's it's pretty if you can read. And I'm assuming if you're applying to college, you can then you're in pretty good shape. So and and the thing is, uh, everything you said there, that's all the stuff you would do in a normal application anyway. Right. So this isn't something that's completely different than what parents went through. Right. It's just a different format. Right. It's just a more updated version. So as a great example, when I applied to school, I still applied with paper. <laughs> like I still typed up my stuff and then actually submitted the paper application and mailed them off to the schools. And you did that each individually with each school. Um, even as the online application started to dawn, you still did individual school applications. So if you wanted to apply to, as Alex went to Clemson, you go to Clemson's website, you fill out their application, you go do it, you do whoever's. Common App is one, a one-stop shop for all of that. Am, am I right? Is that a better description? Absolutely. And it 
totally prevents that need to replicate your information a million times. Yeah. I think about you know every single school I applied to way back when, um, I re- I was required to fill in my name, my address, where I go to high school, what year I'll be graduating, and just over and over again. We're still doing that, but we're doing it once. Yes, yeah, for all of the schools typically. Yeah. So. So basically, you create a big body of information, all the generalist stuff. I had them tell kids, like, you're filling out your name literally 100 different times, which is what it feels like. Now you're only doing it once. Then you check off the schools you want it to go to. And then the individual schools have individual pieces that they want you to fill out. But they're much smaller. Absolutely. Much smaller than doing a full application for school. Yeah. So how many schools can you apply to with the Common App at once? That's where we get into trouble <laughs> because people have kind of taken that and run with it. Well, let's back up. Let's back up. So like, so what is it like filling out the Common App? So it's pretty, Walk again, through it. pretty streamlined. You know, you open, it says, welcome to the Common App. It's a pretty, it's pretty web portal. You start to fill out all of your general information. Um, there's a great list on the Common App website um, that we send to all of our clients, but everybody can go look at it and find out all the things that you, all the materials you should gather. It's, it's like, it's, I think the list is called materials together before applying through the Common App. Um, but things so that you'll know like your mom's maiden name, if you don't already know that, or your dad's birthday, or where your dad went to college. So it's usually the parent information that trips people up because they just don't have a clear sense. <laughs> right. When did you go to Kent? I don't know. <laughs> like that kind of and then, you know, so it's it's those little pieces there. Um, but yeah, you just sit down and you, you go through your information first. You give a little background information. They'll ask specific items. Um, they they'll ask things like where you went to high school, what your GPA is, all of those things, which you'll still need to upload your um, all of your paperwork from your high school. Um, your high school will actually help determine what your GPA is, but still you'll you'll put it on the, the form. Um, and then you move on to like demographic information. And then you start to move into, you know, like where you're applying and things like that. You'll click the boxes and indicate what you're interested in. And um, I know we haven't moved into this yet, but 2019 is a relaunch year for the Common App. Um, they've decided that it was too challenging, um, that it was kind of weighty. And con- like really the big argument is that um, it's hard to get help when you get stuck. If you're not sure what you should do next, it was hard necessarily. You know, you couldn't always find the help that you were looking for. It's going to be a lot more responsive as you need help. Um, the other nice thing to know if you're doing this on your own without college liftoff is that um, there are YouTube videos out there that most of them that Common App has put out, which is kind of interesting. So if you're really stuck on question eight, I don't know what to do with this, you can actually look it up on YouTube and they'll walk you through it. I think a lot of that will be more embedded now um, since we haven't done the newest version with anybody yet. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it'll look like, but they're promising that more of that will be embedded, that you'll just be able to say, I'm having trouble with this question, and there will be a help box, and um, there should be some real-time text-to-talk kind of conversations. So, Interesting. Yeah. Common App isn't young. Like, this has actually been around for a while. Like We just didn't know it. <laughs> um, you were it telling is, me it's been around since, what, 75? Yeah, since 1975. It's, like, mind-blowing. I just assumed, because I, I never heard of it when I when I was applying to college, and you said that you applied on paper. I just yeah. assumed it came along with the Internet, which makes sense. Um, but, no, in um, 1975, 15 different colleges got together and decided to do one streamlined application process, um, which made a lot of sense for them. I have a feeling that there's schools 
where students probably apply to more than one of them already, right? So it was a natural pairing. Um, it, they're, it's kind of secretive. They're not really, they don't share with you who the 15 schools were. So. <laughs> if you were no, one I'm of the curious. 15 schools listening, please do, do let us know. <laughs> You're so, an original member. Yeah. yeah. But now oh, it's, um, it's about <laughs> part of the 1975 game. Yeah. Um, now there are about 900 schools um, that are on Common App. So while it's not all of them, it's a good number. So um, I rarely do we have students at college lift off who apply outside of Common App. So so in that same vein, I mean, we've, we've, okay, so again, it's not as straightforward as it used to be, where you find a school, you apply to the school, you send it in, whether it be through the internet or through paper, kind of do that. Now we've, this digital age, this digital version of itself of online applying, I mean, obviously we, you can still, actually you can still do that. You can still go to the school's website and apply directly to whatever school you'd like. But again, it's kind of a pain in the butt because you have to repeat information. But you have now Common App. You have also the coalition. Um, What's the coalition? Yeah. What is the coalition? <laughs> is That's coalition? the question. That ah. is the million, literally <clears throat> the million-dollar question. So coalition is interesting. Um, it didn't start until 2016. So, you know, again, like 1975, 2016. So Common App is kind of the grandpa. So um, coalition is a group of schools. And I'm going to read this just because I won't remember all the all the good words. Um, coalition only accepts colleges that prove they provide substantial support to low-income and other underrepresented um, students um, before they before they will allow them to join coalition. So, if you want to be part of the coalition app, um, you need to make that commitment. I'm not exactly sure. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, not exactly sure what it is that you need to say that you are willing to commit to, but at, at least on paper, you need to make a commitment that you'll be um, helping support these students. And so a lot of the Texas schools, for whatever reason, are on coalition. And then uh, we're seeing, I mean, there are a number of, um, we would say like our upper tier schools, schools that we think of as like the better schools, like our IVs, um, all seem to be on the um, coalition. Coalition app. They're also on Common App, but they're too, also though. on Common App. So it's yeah. in, in the end, uh, at for the for the consumer, this is an online portal to apply to school. So um, picking whichever one is there a, a right wrong reason to choose between either of those two? I think that it's much more likely that you'll find all of your schools on Common App than on Coalition. And if that's the case, I don't know why you would duplicate the work because. Mm-hmm. There's just you'll need to do another essay, which we have not yet discussed. But we'll have to <laughs> you'll have to write another essay. Um, it's just another it's another information grab. So it's a lot of the same address, mom's maiden name kind of stuff. So to me, it seems like a no brainer to just stick to Common App unless you have a set of schools that are excluded from Common App. So gotcha. And and uh, we didn't talk about this as much earlier, but the truth is, like the, these are the two big ones that most people know: Common App Coalition. But now I've even seen and know if you've seen this page but a lot of the states that have bigger school districts are actually doing themselves too like the california schools there's only one place you go to apply to california schools and it's basically their own version of a common app more or less the texas schools actually have it too but they've they've bled over into the other two as well so you kind of have to really cipher through a little bit again the the it seems like the best place to start for applying to the vast majority of the blanket of schools are really common app but Check and see, and make sure that that you're uh, that you're actually applying to the particular one that makes the most sense. Again, I've only really seen that through the California schools as the really the bigger, the really bigger entrance because there is no other way to apply to a California school, right? Which is remarkable. 
So mm-hmm. I think that will change, but we'll see. <laughs> I know it's it's, yeah. it's it's an interesting setup. California schools uh, are almost set up like a school district. Same thing with New York. Same thing with North Carolina, where you you would see like University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, University of North Carolina Asheboro, things like that. Right. The SUNY school system is set up. The University of Cal system is set up that way. Yeah. So they're set up like districts. So they've they've basically wrapped their own process around it in that sense. But again, I think you're right. I think you're going to see that merge into yeah. the bigger scope. But I think, you, oh, sorry, sorry, but you still can apply to California schools with Common App? No, you can't. No. You cannot. Yeah, okay. they're, not, they're just not on there gotcha. at all. Okay. You have to go to their version of it. Gotcha. And the weird thing is, at least it has been for the past couple of years, it's only open for a month. It's really only open from like October 15th to like November 15th or something along those lines. And then yeah. the dates are a little off, but... What happens if you decide you want to apply November 16th? You're not going to school in California. It's It's a shorter window. Take note, peeps. Yeah. And the reason for this, at least that I've gathered, and this is an opinion on me, is that it's because of the fact that the schools are so popular at deception, right? So everybody's trying to apply to UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, um, even, well, USC is different. But um, so they have to leave it open for that window. And that's it. That's all the applications they're going to take, and they're going to call it. And, I mean, honestly, thinking about it that way, because they're so competitive and because there's so much interest in them, it does sort of make sense that they can kind of they can make their own rules, right? Yeah. People are going to, you know, that shows this extra layer of dedicated interest, right, if you're, like, willing to do the extra work to apply just through California and do, you know, the whole, the redo of the information. Yep. So yep. Absolutely. that's a big part of it. So what are some pluses and minuses, takeaways, some to-dos, some things that we can list for folks to, to, to do now that we're in application season, now the Common App is open, everything else? The important thing to know is that this is not last year's Common App. They, I don't know, Common App has said that they recognize the lack of joy in the process. <laughs> <laughs> they're really they're Marie Kondoing <laughs> the Common App. <laughs> they're really clear about that. They're like, we understand there's a lack of joy, and people find this difficult and, and over-lengthy. So they promised that with the rebrand that it will be more joy-filled, which I think is hilarious. That's pretty good. The and then, Common App, I like it. Yeah, when I was <laughs> looking to like find examples of where the joy is now in the process. Yeah, was there joy? There is. Oh, good. Okay, so I will say last year, it was my first year working on the Common App, and I would be sitting with a student and we'd, you know, like, all right, here's your list of schools and we've applied, and it would be like, I'm like, Mm-mm. like there's just nothing to let you know that like, yay, you did it, you've applied, <laughs> it's done, and now there will be. So that's that's the big deal. Now you get a nice check mark says, hey, Aaron, great job, you've applied to Clemson, and you'll get like a check mark and some confetti, and you can decide that you want extra confetti, which I think is hilarious. You, <laughs> you can re recelebrate. <laughs> that's so funny. So, but I mean, honestly, for making it more transparent and being clearer to the applicant, like, did I or did sure. I not get this done? Did this done? go through? That must be agonizing if you went through all this work to apply to a school and you're like, did it go through? I don't know. Do I need to do it again? I don't know. Am I ever going to college? I don't know. Right. We would tell the kids goofy things like, well, let's go check the portal. Let's see if you've been registered. Because once you've applied to, say, Ohio State, there's a portal you can go in through. And then it might um, indicate like other scholarships or the supplemental that you'll need to do 
And um, Common App is promising that that will be much more transparent moving forward, that you'll be able to look ahead of time. Um, and in fact, I was doing a little bit of that yesterday. Um, you just like look up your university. You'll see, now I was looking at stuff from last year, but you can look and see like the additional supplementals that they'll require for mm-hmm. writing or additional materials that, that they'll require because there are some fundamental differences in depending on the schools and again, depending on the programs. Some schools want a portfolio, others don't. Even when you're applying in the same um, major area at different colleges, not everybody wants it. So um, that'll be transparent once you've um, done the application. So trying to think of other new pieces. I think in general, it's just supposed to be so much more responsive. It will be a much easier system for people to use. Um, but all that to say that, you know, like one of the reasons at College Liftoff that we sit down with our students and just have open hours for Common App is so that there's somebody who's a little more familiar than maybe you are, if this is brand new to you, um, to sit down with you and just help you through any sticking points. And, uh, you know, you also have the support of other people, and it's just more fun. I mean, if you have to sit down and write your address, you know, why not do it with like 30 other people? <laughs> That's true. So some snacks, you know, a little music. It'll be good. So. And actually, I want to really quickly just plug the Writing Center, too, because the Writing Centers, especially uh, throughout the summer this year, we've, we've been running Writing Center camps that have gotten their essay done in literally a week with our, our Writing Center team. Can you feel the buttons, like, bursting? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud. So we, um, you know, every year we sit down and we look at our timeline for our students at College Liftoff and realizing that the Common App prompts come out so early in yeah, junior year. Yeah, we actually year. get them early. I think that's yeah. something that most don't realize is that, you know, if you know what you're doing, if you're a professional organization, you know how to get them early. Yeah. yeah they're out and they're available in January. So... <laughs> Realizing that, I was like, there is no reason for any of our college liftoff kids to be working on their Common App essay in the fall. Like, we're just going to push it forward and get it done. And I wasn't sure how that would go, but we told our students that's what we anticipated. We expected for them. We shared our um, we shared our essay workshops, and then we've had a series of writers block essay camps for our students. And I think I'm going to guess if you came on board with us before. May, your essay is going to be complete. So we've had so many students. It's been terrific. We've had a couple of kids from outside of the organization come in because they recognize how much better it is to have a completed mm-hmm. Common App essay. Yep. Who, I mean, who wouldn't want that? Yep. So so that leads us back to um, refresh my memory. I don't think we talked about this, but can you, what do you need to have in order to, with you to complete the Common Essay or can you complete different parts or different sections at different times. How does that work? Do you have to just sit down and do it all, or what? So, well, uh, I think there's there's a couple of parts to that. One, it's what are some quick things that you that if you're just starting on Common App itself and doing the application, what are some things that would be pretty good to have in front of you? Um, definitely your resume. It's why we. It's one of the main reasons that College Liftoff asks our students to put together a resume. Academic resume. Yeah, you'll sit down and you need to have all of those numbers at the top. You know, right. You know, top of mind, you should know your class rank, um, your GPA, the um, the address for your high school, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, well, also, all of your activities and, and the um, the leadership roles you held in them. So, and honestly, you think you're going to remember because it was just a couple years ago, and then you sit down to do it, and it's complicated. I don't remember. Yeah, like, you can't think of that stuff. Was like I a, section leader? Was I first chair? What was like I in orchestra year. my freshman year? You know, yeah. it's been a while. 
So it's nice to just have um, a nice written record of that available, and you'll need it anyway for your letters of recommendation. Sure will. So hint, hint. So you don't have one, you should put that together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first thing we have our kids do is put together academic resumes, because so that way they don't have to think of all this stuff at the last minute. It's just right there in front of you. But yeah, the um, actually Common App has a great list of materials to gather before you sit down to do this. So you know that you'll need things like your mom's maiden name and where she went to college and her birthday. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if your mom is at all dodgy about how old she is (laughs) you have to the actual year (laughs) but yeah so all of that needs to be available but but yeah really um it just makes sense to have your resume ready you'll need it anyway for for letter recommendation for scholarship information moving forward so have that and um basically that's it i mean once you have those those things together um it's pretty straightforward and i assume you all know where you live and you know what year you're graduating you know be good with numbers so, but, but what about the essays? So can you do the yeah. essays later? Because we just talked yes. about, you know, how our students have them done. But yeah. what about, you know, listeners out there that do not have their essays done? Yeah. No, it's great. It's not too late. Okay. So, um, you know, we'd love to work with you if you still need to do your Common App essay. Um, but the reality is you can turn things in as they come in. So you don't need to okay. worry about whether or not you're, you know, you'll see. And that's probably something we should something we should cover. Um, you need to um, have your recommenders upload their letters of recommendation for you, but it's fine to go ahead and do the Common App essay or, and upload that or just the Common App and upload that, knowing that all of the pieces will eventually come together. They just kind of create a placeholder for you. Oh, okay. So you That's just really put something convenient. in and it all comes in. So, I mean, for a lot of students, I know last year when we were working on things, they said that their schools were not sending out grades until October, no matter how mm. much we we pushed, you yeah. know, because we were like, get it done. Let's get it all finished. Let's have it all ready to go before school starts. And you can just do a few supplementals and be finished. And they're like, our school doesn't even tell us how to upload on Naviance. So that would be my challenge to some of the high schools is maybe help the students start a little sooner, knowing that the Common App opens on August 1st. Um, because I think a lot of students are really ready to get it out of the way and want to use the time during the summer to mm-hmm. – get things done and know that they can just move forward and concentrate on all of their classes. Um, but yeah, for a lot of kids, they, they're they totally ready. They've got their Common App done. They've gotten the Common App essay loaded. And then they just wait for the other components to come in. So, And that's something else to quickly touch on. And, and again, talking about uh, application process, particularly Common App and, and all of its major structure, um, letters of recommendations in the digital age aren't, aren't done in the same way. It's not like you go to a teacher and you say, hey, write me a letter, mail it to so-and-so. Um, it's actually digitally submitted now. Right. Um, and there's the, the, the easy method is actually through Common App. And I'm assuming they've even made this easier this year, which is I'm sure it's a, it needed a little bit of a refresher. But basically you would go in to Common App once you get into your school that you're applying to in your individual section for that school, and there'd be a link that you would send to your recommender. And that would just, that way that person could just upload that as a PDF or whatever because they have to sign it. And that way, again, it's not seen from the student, any of that. You still, you can't even do the FERPA now through the Common App as well. So that actually uh, takes care of a lot of things all at once for that. Right. And in fact, you have to be willing to, re- the FERPA, when you sign to say that you're releasing your, um, 
your rights through FERPA, you, what you're saying is that I'm allowing somebody else to speak on my behalf. And so the only way that you can have your letters or recommendation uploaded is if you sign that release mm-hmm. uh, and give permission for that. Or I guess actually you just have to click the box. There isn't a, a digital signature there. But um, it's just so that you are allowing other people to speak on your behalf. But that is something to think about. So I caution everybody to make sure that you're asking people who are going to write you strong letters of recommendation because unlike the olden days, I know I asked teachers and they were like, here is the letter that we are going to send. Yeah. Do you have any problems with it? Do you have any questions? Is there anything else I should include? Um, and I, your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens. You don't see it. It goes the the teacher or the coach or the, I don't know, the person you've worked with um, fills out your letter for you, and I'm sure they write you a beautiful one that talks all about how great you are as a person, but you'll never see it. So make sure that you're asking the right people to um, be your recommenders. And make sure that, like, a lot of times the schools will only ask for two of your, say maybe you've asked three or four people to be your recommenders, and your school is only going to ask for two. Um, So to make sure that that the person you've asked or the person you've said, yes, you know, so-and-so, Aaron Green is going to fill out this for me, um, is somebody who can speak really cogently about the work that you've done and what a great person you are. Yeah, so. yeah and, and the thing is about the letters and about saying them, you, you may stumble into a situation where you have access to them or you may want to look at them. Do not. Do not. It's completely unethical. Um, again, you sign the FERPA stating that you're not going to do that. So um, I know there's always the, the like, well, I just kind of want to see what so-and-so is going to say. Please steer clear of that, <laughs> just to make sure you do. Just assume that you've asked the right people for you. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, and a couple of extra pieces with the Common App in general. It is one part of four in the way that we kind of like to talk about it for us because you have – when you apply to a school, there are a lot of different parts to this. You have your actual application with the essay that goes along with it. That's one part of it. Uh, And that's all done through Common App or College or wherever you apply to your school for That's just one quarter of this. Then you have your ACT and SAT scores that get submitted. That's completely different, and that's coming through ACT or SAT, and they have to be officially submitted from their website to the university. So if you haven't done that already after you've taken the test and put your schools on there, you have to make sure to go back into those sites, sign in, see which scores you want sent to who, and then have them directly sent. So the way they're officially sent. Then you have your transcripts. That comes directly from your guidance counselor at your high school. Again, as you were talking about, Paige, sometimes those are released automatically. Sometimes guidance departments don't have them ready until October. Truthfully, at its core, that's the majority of what your guidance counselor has to do in this process. There really isn't anything directly else. Now, in some application parts, they, they may have your guidance counselor write uh, a letter on your behalf or an LOR, a letter of recommendation in that sense. But the majority of what the guidance counselor is in charge of is the transcript, so getting that out. So for our kids, we, we try to make sure that all the Common App is done before they start their senior year, so we, we have that all wrapped up and done. Their ACTs and SAC scores have been submitted. The last piece being the letters of recommendation and asking your people, making sure those are requested. So that way, when our kids are walking in the school at the end of August, starting their senior year, they're walking to the guidance counselor's office in the first day or two and saying, like, hey, send it to these schools. And then we're done. Yep. It's all over. And so we're wrapped up and done with this whole thing by the beginning of the September. The essays are complete. The essays are complete. Everything's done. Especially for our fall sport kids, this is vitally important. Because 
you don't want to, you can do two things at once, but you can't do three. And so what I mean by that is you can do applications in sport, but you can't do application sports in school. Like that's when it gets convoluted and nothing gets done right and stress gets oozing out of the walls of house and school. So, but if you can do school and sport or applications and sport, then we're in good shape. So we want to get a lot of this stuff done early. Honestly, again, the whole common app portion with the essays can be done before you start school if you do it right and make sure you have your school spec out properly. Your ACT and SAT score should be submitted. You should have your letter of rec- requests in. And at that point, you're just bothering your guidance counselor to make sure this in your transcripts. Exactly. And if you need, if you've decided you're taking the fall SAT or ACT, because some of our students retake, mm-hmm. um, that's fine too. Yep. You can just, um, if you take it in September or last year, the scores were available prior to October 14th, which I think was the deadline for Georgia Tech and a few of the other schools. Everybody else, if you were applying early action, um, this um, you needed to have everything in by November 1st, but the scores were all in by then. Yep. So you could send them. And in that same vein, if and this is only for a few people that are out there that apply to. If you need to take the SAT subject tests, make sure that's put into your calendar too. They're only offered, I think, six times a year. It's usually at the beginning of every month. Uh, those are very specialized cases if you need them. You'll know if you need it, and you won't know about it if you don't. It's kind of the setup. So um, make sure you kind of plug that in the calendar. Now, the nice thing is between those parts, the Common App, the actual application process, the scores for your, your test scores, your transcripts and your LORs, they can all be done independently. Like, through this, your letters of recommendation or your ACT scores may show up first. Great. That's totally fine. Uh, None of them have to be submitted in any particular order to a school. The truth is you just want to make sure all four of them are submitted. That's all it is in the end. So a school will basically get your, if they get your transcript first, they're like, oh, this kid's going to apply. So now we can get everything. We just have to look for all those other pieces. And then you're in good shape. Yeah, and then once you've applied, actually, through Common App, um, you'll be able to sign into the portal for the college. So say you've applied to Ohio State. It'll indicate whether or not something's still missing. I mean, and sometimes it's an actionable item and, like, oh, I forgot to upload something. Or sometimes it's something that somebody else is sending, but at least you know whether or not it's there. Um, And then that's where you'll be invited to maybe do some additional supplemental work or – um, some of the schools will invite you to apply um, for some scholarships um, through that portal. So it's really important that once you have gotten the check mark and the confetti to go and check out the portal for each of your colleges that you've applied to so you can see if there's any um, items that are still dangling for you yeah. to do. And so. the thing is, all of that stuff has to be submitted before the deadline that you're looking for, whether it be early action or regular decision, whatever deadline you're trying to hit, all that has to be done. That's yeah. the real key. You can't have a straggler left out there because your application is incomplete. Yep. So if you're still waiting on your ACT scores or if you're waiting on your guidance counselor to set out transcripts, well, that, that's a problem. Yeah. So you want to make sure you're asking that stuff early. And in the same vein, um, make sure you ask for transcripts to be submitted as early as you possibly can. That thing it becomes a domino effect and worse, actually, for, for guidance counselors as time goes on. If you're getting to your guidance counselor in late August, you're in great shape. If you get to them early September, you're pretty good shape. You get into mid-September and October, don't expect your stuff to be sent out for a month because everybody's trying to do it. So you want to be as early as you can to getting your applications, or your, your, your transcripts submitted from your guidance counselor. Yeah, especially if you have one of the earliest schools like Georgia Tech on your list. Yeah, which so. is October 14th, so yeah. October 15th. So we definitely want to make sure that's, that's submitted. Yeah. So with the Common App, you, you've got all this. You can, okay, you got 
all the parts of your application. You can just send them off to like all 900 schools, right? You could. You <laughs> so, definitely could. Well, there's but a cost, though. Yeah. I mean, there is a cost every time that you um, – I mean, you can get a waiver um, for it, for financial reasons, but typically every school that you apply to has an application fee. So yeah. it's still the same way as it was. You're still so going to pay each school. You should yeah. You're doing not, less work, but you're still spending. Are you saying you should not apply to 50 schools? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. In fact, you really shouldn't apply to 15 schools. Let's be honest about that. I mean, our, Just because you can doesn't mean you should that's is what right. we're saying. Here. Yes. Because you're, you're, you're going down the right path with this, Alex. A lot of people have treated Common App, since it is easier to apply, as a smorgasbord of just apply to everywhere you, sh- you can. And that, one, it's, it's doing a lot of things to really just screw up the system in total. One, you have students applying to too many colleges, which in inherent thought for that particular kid doesn't sound bad. It says it creates options for that particular kid. Well, the truth is you're just stretching yourself thin and the other colleges know who you've applied to. So, oh, they do? Yes. I didn't realize they that. They do. They can look at Common App on the back end and see exactly who you've applied to. And if you look like you're just applying everywhere and you're disorganized and you're just trying to catch whatever fish you can without thought of why you're applying to the school, it it's not doing you any credit. In fact, it's doing worse. When would you, would you agree with that, Paige? Definitely. I mean, I know like those stories are always really interesting. Those kids in April who mm-hmm. are standing there with like thirty acceptances. I I got into every place I applied. Why did you apply to thirty schools? Yeah. Like, there's no reason to do that. And I really challenge you to tell me that all thirty schools are going to be really great at helping you like find the best program for you and really give you the best outcomes. I mean, I just don't think that they all exist for you. Like, I, I guarantee that if you are a marine biology major, you should not be applying anywhere in, like, North Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. I think that you are unlikely to find this set of um, of great internships and field experiences that you might get if, say, you went to San Diego or somewhere in Florida or in some other coastal area where there is water that you could study as a marine biologist. And so I think... Th- there's a lot of that. It's why we push so hard at College Liftoff to do that kind of career development so that you know what you want to study and then we can find great places for you to do that, right? Yeah, ease of use doesn't mean that you should just do more. It's not bang for your buck is what you're saying. No, not at all. I, always tr- I try to liken this process so often to buying a house. There's 4,200 universities out there, each one with 200 majors. In any given day, let's. I'm going to throw out a random number, and Alex, you can totally correct me on this because our background is in real estate. I would say like there's roughly three thousand, four thousand houses on the market in a in a major metropolitan area at any given time. That's a little high, but well, it depends on where you are. So yeah, so it's a. You wouldn't go and actually submit bids on four thousand houses. No. You wouldn't even submit bid on fifty. No. That doesn't make any sense. Just because you, you're qualified, like, well, I'm pre-approved to buy a house up to two hundred fifty thousand, doesn't mean I'm going to make an offer on. A, all the houses that are two hundred fifty thousand dollars, exactly. Under. You get a realtor to help you sift through the choice in order to find the best options that are directly correlated to you. Usually down to after you go and research twenty, you maybe visit or go see. You know, I don't know what ten, and you may submit bids on three or four, something like that. That's a reasonable process. Same deal here. You just because they're all out there doesn't mean you just go and blanketly apply to them. You go through the process. This is why we say go through a good college planner in order to make sure you can find the schools that best do this for you, apply to the right ones that make the most sense, and then they actually can see that. Then they actually can see on the back end, oh, my gosh, this kid is applying to a marine biology school at Eckerd, 
at Florida Atlantic, at University of Miami, Florida, which all have correlation in program and strengths. And they actually talk, you start talking about the in, in your essay, in your extracurriculars. Now you actually have a reason that these schools want you to be there and they can see it too. And that how you, that's how you create a situation that makes it more beneficial for the student overall. Exactly. The other way, just, I don't know. It just, again, it feels a lot like buying lottery tickets. Well, I have extra $2, so why not buy two more, right? Yeah. That's that's not a reason. Yep. So. And that gets into the major problem, which I won't tackle today because it's for a whole different soapbox. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> which is why we have an application and admissions problem in this country because we think it's so hard to get into college. It's not. It's just the fact that people apply to too many schools which are watering down the admissions processes for different schools. Ohio State had 55,000 applicants last year for 7,000 slots. In previous years, at the most, up to 10 years ago, they had maybe 20. Maybe. But now we have students applying to too many schools, which is watering it down across the board for every single school, which is making it hard Mm -hmm. across the board. When the truth is, just go find the ones that are right for you. And serious students can't necessarily get into the schools that would be good for them. Exactly. The schools don't know who Who's serious. Uh, who is serious. Did did you hear that Virginia Tech? Yeah, we talked about this. Virginia Tech had a problem where they actually accepted too many students and are and are now having to try and wheel and deal with those accepted students to try and put it off a year or a semester. So they accepted too many students, which they all this this part is very much like buying plane tickets where mm-hmm. they overbook purposefully, knowing that people aren't going to show up and seats aren't going to be taken. So they overbook a flight. Same deal here. Now, the truth is, in the vast majority of cases, the actual teams that work for these schools usually predict this pretty good. Virginia Tech did not, which is very surprising because it's a math and engineering school. Go figure. You think they could add. Um, But uh, yeah, they had too many students that said yes. And so you run into this other problem where now they don't have any space for these kids. And so what do you do? So that could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's Basically, a whole different So the yeah. takeaways today are Common App is now open. You should do your homework in advance, have the checklist at page one over, you know, mother's maiden name, birthdays, your resumes, your ACT scores, all of that jazz set. Mm-hmm. Do your essays early. Be thoughtful about your essays. Have them correlate with your career plan. So career planning is important. Then you are ready to do the Common App. Go to school. Have your guidance counselor plug for you, and then and only apply to five to seven schools. Five to seven. That's okay. a sweet spot. So yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. Anything else? Um, um, I'm gonna throw one more caveat in there. Um, if you are on a system like Naviance or something like that, do go talk to your guidance counselor even more because letters of rec and a few other things get submitted through that. Mm-hmm. So usually a guidance counselor will have a, a senior night or a com- or Naviance night. Uh, at the beginning of school year, so make sure you, you go through that because those, since they are digital sources, they actually link to Common App on the back end. So your letters of rec and your transcripts get submitted digitally through those. We're not experts in them by any measure. Your guidance counselor should be if they have the system. Otherwise, they shouldn't have bought it. <laughs> but uh, I would go to them in order to do that too. Absolutely. And then the other thing, um, again, make sure that once you've applied, you look through the portals, figure out what else is necessary. I can't, I can't tell you the number of students who came in. They're like, I didn't know I had to do a supplemental. So it's right there. Right. It's right there. 
it's not always not every school asks for a supplemental. Some ask for several. So mm-hmm. I think Syracuse asked for seven last year for one of my students. Um, but you need to know that, right? Because yeah. you don't want to get to like a week before you think you're ready, everything's ready, and you're applying, and realize, oh man, I still have a 300 word supplemental to write. Because these things are equally as important. I think of every piece of this process as like a key that opens a gate, right? Your Common App application with all of your scores and your transcript and your activities is what opens the first gate. And then they read your essay and they determine whether or not that opens the next gate. And then maybe there's a set of supplementals that they read and that determines what gets you in. But at any point in this process, you know, you can forget a step. You can just kind of do a slipshod job and get things mm-hmm. done at the last minute, and that will close a gate for you, and that seems really silly. So, I mean, honestly, if you are a strong candidate, if you look great on paper, if everything should line up for you, then take the extra time to get the supplementals done, get a really quality essay written for your Common App essay or the coalition. They're different, by the way. The coalition also requires an essay. But make sure that you've done that extra work. Do not, do not blow all of the hard work that you've done all through high school. You've done three years at this point of quality work. Don't blow it with last minute essay writing. I know we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about this when we talked about essay, but don't blow it with um, with writing your supplemental at the last minute or just thinking your essay is fine or that you're going to recycle something, which you can do, but we encourage you not to. So take your time. It's if, if you come to it, if your student or anybody, if they ask you like, well, should I do this part? If, you, if you're thinking that, then you might as well just not do any of it. Honestly, because it's one of those things of diligence. If, if if you're being shoddy about it and you're not filling out a section or you forget to, kiss it goodbye. It's done. And if a school says, ah, this is not mandatory but recommended, do it. You're going to show your demonstrated interest by doing the work, right? Yeah. You're like, it's worth it to me to write this additional 300-word essay because yeah. I really want to go there. D- don't expect any favors from a school in terms of scholarship money, in terms of admissions or anything if you don't do all the things, whether or not they're uh, required or recommended. Just do them all. <laughs> That's right. basically it. Just do, the, do it all. Yeah. And do it thorough. Do the best work you can. Exactly. Yeah, this is important. Exactly. Yeah. And by starting early. If you're starting, if you really are doing it in August, you have several weeks before school starts, you can get so much of it done so that you are not trying to cram this in. The kids who really struggled last year for me were my our students who came on board with us in the fall mm-hmm. rather than earlier because they just had less time. They were doing career development and researching schools at the same time that they were applying and writing supplementals. And that was just, a, I mean, and then, you know, actually trying to go to school and, and also play their sports, sports right, or yeah. orchestra. So you have the time. Go ahead and get it done early. Don't try to mix it all together. Um, one of the <laughs> this little side story, but one we were talking to our students during one of the essay workshops, and Hannah, who is one of our awesome um, writing center advisors, was talking about going to a Halloween party that she'd been invited to. Um, I think her senior year of high school, and her stuff was all done. Right, everything is due November first. She had everything done, and the girl who was throwing the party went upstairs to her bedroom to write an essay. Oh my god! The night of the party, oh which my is gosh. just so awful. And the kids oh were all no. just like, "Whoa!" We're like, "That's why we sit down with you now, like get it done." And you know, Hannah's like, and she's like, "I think I was invited to that party on purpose so that I could go and help her edit <laughs> <laughs> the work." So I just thought that was really funny, but sad too. I mean, that just 
I, you're busy. You are busy people. You will yeah. be far busier in the fall than you realize. And there's yes. no reason to let this stuff wait to the last minute. Absolutely. So, Well, thank you, Paige. Thank you. For going through yeah, everything so thoroughly. Advice. Thank you, Alex, for sitting in with us, too, on this convo. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know, this, uh, this, uh, yeah, this is important. And it's important to do it as thorough as you can and to do it exactly as you should. And with joy. And with joy. <laughs> <laughs> as much joy as you can. College Liftoff can help empower you to make college affordable for your student. If you want to learn more about your options, Aaron will be responding directly to your emails. Email him a question at aaron at collegeliftoff.com. Thanks for listening to Affording College with Aaron Green of College Liftoff. If you'd like more information, visit collegeliftoff.com.